The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, it's Bon Voyage to former ACB President Chris Gray and meet newly elected President Mitch Pomerantz. Welcome to ACB Reports for August 2007. Without a doubt, the highlight of the 46th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind, recently held in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was the election of a new president who will lead the organization for the next two years. We'll meet the new president later in this program. But first, Christopher Gray of San Francisco was first elected president of the American Council of the Blind in July of 2001. The organization's constitution limits a person to three consecutive two-year terms in this office. Near the conclusion of his final term during a very busy convention week, he joined us for this interview. You were elected to the presidency of ACB in 2001. Here it is, 2007. Where have we been? What have we accomplished that's of special significance? Well, Mike, I think that ACB in 2007 is on a much stronger financial footing than we were in 2001. We may not have known financial difficulties that awaited us for a few years. They certainly were not kind to us in 2003 and 2004. We've got that rectified to a great extent and I feel very happy to be able to turn over to the next president of ACB a much better financial situation than I found when I came into the presidency. I'm delighted that ACB has worked on a number of core advocacy matters, things that we, in my mind, were straying too far from before my presidency. We've worked a lot on Social Security issues. As you know, we ended up having to sue Social Security over the providing of accessible information to blind and visually impaired people. We advocated also for the rights of blind parents to raise their children without interference. I think that's major. I had no idea coming into the presidency the degree of blatant discrimination against blind parents. And we've really worked hard to do something about that. The currency, that's an exciting piece of litigation and something that touches all blind people, visually impaired people, and an awful lot of people who aren't self-identified or even identified by others as blind or visually impaired. I think it's a great piece of work that ACB has done. Throughout the areas of advocacy, I think we've done a pretty good job of moving agendas forward and working to be a true consumer organization of blind people. If there were one issue that uh, you would like to guide to a different resolution or outcome, what is that issue? I wish that we could have done more in a couple of the fundraising areas. I wish we could have gotten stronger in uh, the area, for example, of direct mail. And I wish that we could have done much more in improving communications. We started out great with the new telephone conference calling system that we had. We, our committees have done more and been more effective than ever in terms of being able to meet and conduct business. But what we haven't been able to do is create sort of an organizational-wide structure that improves all of our communications with each other on a system like that. I wish we could have done that, and I'm sure the next president will work hard on that. 
In terms of the fundraising, how much of that shortfall was attributable to the economy of the nation in general versus things well, we could have done better in the mailing and the marketing approach? I think it has a lot to do with economic difficulties. 911 was a terrible hit throughout the whole nonprofit sector, not just ACB. And after 911, we had a long period of recovery. Then again, when the dot com bust came along, Uh, by 2003, many, many sources of revenue had dried up that we weren't anticipating would dry up. Luckily, we've gotten past all those things. The good news is it required us to do something we talked about for a long time, diversify our funding streams. And so we've worked hard on that since 2001, and I think we've done a reasonably successful job in moving in that direction. There's a lot more that needs to be done. You can't do it all in a day. But I think we've done a lot in that area. How much time out of your life goes into being president of an organization of the size and scope of the American Council of the Blind? I've thought about that a lot because sometimes、uh, I've wondered why can't we move this forward more quickly and on and on and on. Mike, I think it's a minimum six hour a day commitment to be president of ACB. And because Certainly, in my case, I, I've worked for a living as well during my whole presidency. It's not just six hours of ACB and then I can relax. I've got the full time job as well to take care of. And not only that, during that six years of your presidency, you survived、uh, one change of、uh, ownership of your employment、Humpen. and then a、uh, change into basically your own business. That's right. So it's. Six hours every day because the weekends you used to catch up on all the ACB stuff that didn't get done during、right. the week. <laughs> what are you going to do with all this free time? <laughs> well, I've got to talk to the new president and see what they might like me to do. I'd like to be an active, immediate past president. There are certain things that are in progress that I would be delighted to help with if the new president wishes that to be so. But I'm going to have some fun too. I love the Caribbean, and I'd like to go to the Caribbean and spend a couple of weeks before the next 12 months are gone. And I love the less settled parts of Italy, Umbria, and around that area. And I have a dream of going and actually living in that part of Italy or in Croatia for, say, two months and see what it's like just to have done it. So travel is a big interest of yours. I love travel.、Yeah. It's a good thing, too, because I've traveled quite a bit for ACB. <laughs> That's right. How many of the state affiliates did you visit during your presidency? I have visited most of our state affiliates and between my own traveling, but largely due to ACB travel. There are very few states in this country I haven't been to. I would say I've probably gone to over two thirds of our affiliates in the past six years. This is being recorded the evening before the presidential election. What's the transition process? When does that person who will be elected tomorrow take over? Technically, they take over at the end of the convention. So that would be 5 p.m. tomorrow. Traditionally, in ACB, they haven't taken over really until Saturday, which is when the post convention board meeting occurs. So I'll be sharing the banquet tomorrow night with the new president. And I would say there'll be a two to five week. Transition as the new president transitions into their work, as I get them up to speed on the kind of issues that are ongoing, as I turn over to them a lot of projects and things that they're doing, advise them about committees. 
I'll probably be really the immediate past president by early August. Anything you want to add, feel free to go for it. Well, Mike, it's been a great six years. It has not been six years without some degree of controversy now and then, as I said in my farewell speech on Sunday, but it's been a great run. I've loved it. You better love it. If you don't love this job, it, it could ruin your life, but it certainly hasn't ruined mine. It's been fun. Uh, I think that ACB, not just because of my work, but because of the work of so many who've come forward and asked to work with me and been a part of this administration, we've gotten an awful lot done. I'm very happy with what we have done. I'm very eager to let someone else come in and step in and continue doing it. And uh, for those who follow ACB, thank you. And for those who don't, maybe something that's happened in the last six years will inspire you to look more into the organization. It's a great organization, and it's something that I have always believed in as an adult and will continue to work in and devote as much time as the new president wants me to devote, as long as it isn't as much as they devote. And the organization always has room for new members. We, we put new members to work. You bet. It doesn't take but two or three hours. We put some people to work that fast. No, okay. It's been great, though, and thank you very much. That was Chris Gray, immediate past president of the American Council of the Blind. Next, meet newly elected President Mitch Pomerantz of Los Angeles, California. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. The presidential election occurred on Friday, July 6th. Listen as the enthusiastic crowd cheered the results. Mitch Pomerantz, 59.68% for a total number of votes, 616.5. Carla Rushville, 40.32% for total votes of 416.5. Shortly after the conclusion of the convention, I asked President Pomerantz when he decided to seek this office. Well, I really decided over a year ago because I felt that the organization really needed to move in a different direction. I'd actually been asked as long ago as uh, two years ago if I would consider running. Uh, at that time, I said I wouldn't because Chris being from California, I don't think uh, it would have been real good for uh, political harmony within California. So I didn't run at that time, but uh, then began seriously considering making a run in 2007. Well, the timing was obviously good for you, and uh, a lot of people were predicting a quite close election, but it wasn't as close as some of us thought. I know that it was close in the nominating committee. I felt all along that what I was offering was an opportunity to really set a, uh, a new course, and ironically set a new course by returning to our grassroots, to our democratic history and to include more of the rank-and-file membership in policymaking in the organization by extending what I had begun in my campaign, and that was to give people an opportunity to communicate directly with me on a regular basis, and you know, to look at some other areas such as budgeting for a development director we hope as early as early 2008. While it's fine to have a resource development committee and 
have volunteers who uh, may be perfectly capable of writing grants. The reality is that this is a very, very competitive time we are living in. There are hundreds of uh, not-for-profit organizations who are uh, hustling the same bucks from uh, corporations and foundations. And if we're going to be competitive, we really have to have our efforts spearheaded by a professional with the Resource Development Committee and uh, the grant writing experts chipping in. So that development director then is one of your top early priorities. It is. I guess my first priority is to deal with the uh, 17 different ACB committees, uh, only about half of which are stipulated in the bylaws, but we have a lot of committees in the organization. I don't plan on making wholesale changes just to make changes, but I do intend to bring on folks who may not have had uh, the opportunity in the past to participate on ACB committees. I'm hoping to have at least one or two new folks on each committee. I just uh, sent out an email to all three ACB lists, as well as asking the office to uh, post the same message on the connection. We are soliciting leadership who know of people in their affiliates who have the expertise, have the interest in getting involved nationally, or even folks who want to nominate themselves given their own background and track records. I'm compiling a list for each committee. I will then be consulting with my officers, and uh, we will come up with uh, folks who will be uh, part of the ACB committee structure. I'm glad you mentioned the Washington Connection. Those of us who are on email sometimes forget about the Washington Connection, and there was a time when we didn't even have that, but there was a time when that was all we had to communicate things like you're talking about or legislative news and job openings and so forth. It's still a very functional and very viable part of our organization. As we record this, you're already now thinking in terms of your next board meeting, and when will your next board meeting be? Assuming we don't have a, uh, a telephonic board meeting and that might be necessary, we're looking at either the uh, second weekend in October or the third weekend in November. My strong preference is to do it in October, first of all, because I think we have a lot to accomplish. We have some issues that have to be addressed that we weren't prepared to deal with at the post-convention board meeting. But also, by the time you hit November, you begin to get into uh, weather issues for folks in the Midwest and the North and the Northeast. And while I don't have that problem uh, here in Southern California, uh, it's a problem for a lot of folks. And we've had a lot of board meetings disrupted by folks who were unable to either get to the meeting at all or get to it in a timely manner. And mid-year meetings and, and legislative seminars, will those type of meetings continue? Absolutely. The President's meeting will certainly take place in Washington, D.C. Uh, we still have to determine if the mid-year board meeting will occur in conjunction with the President's meeting or whether the President's meeting will occur in conjunction with the legislative seminar as it did this year. My preference, and I've heard a lot of uh, feedback, the President certainly would like to have the President's meeting in conjunction with the mid-year board meeting because when you have the president's meeting with the legislative seminar, you really don't get too much attendance at the board meeting. And I think it's important for as many folks as possible 
to see what the board of directors is doing and to give their input and to know that we have nothing to hide, that we really are a democratic organization and we really are looking out for the best interests of our members. You were elected for a two-year term. Where would you like to see the American Council of the Blind progress to by the end of your first term? Well, I'd like to see us at least double our income. And with the development director, I think that's uh, a very reasonable goal. Uh, I'd like to see the monthly monetary support program double. We did really well at this past convention. I think we uh, increased annual contributions uh, by about $8,000. We're right around the $50,000 mark. I'd certainly like to see that figure double. And that's a program that just started, what, two years ago? It started two years ago. And, uh, you know, it's a program that allows people to truly put their money where their mouths are. You know, we talk about being committed to the organization. Well, it gives uh, members an opportunity to support the organization monetarily, not just the national organization, but now uh, their state affiliate. I would like to see a real improvement in the level of uh, confidence and trust and faith that the membership has in the organization's leadership. And the only way to do that is by giving people an opportunity to participate on committees, to participate, being able to talk to the president, to the other officers and board members, and uh, to show ourselves as the grassroots organization we are by being available to the membership, not playing favorites, not saying, well, I need to talk to this person because they're the uh, affiliate president of whatever the state is, and maybe I'll get around to emailing or returning the phone call of Joe Blow because uh, he's the rank-and-file member and doesn't really hold the office and isn't all that important to the function of the organization. we got to get away from that. That's my intention. So I hope that after my first term, people will recognize that we are doing business by giving everybody an opportunity to participate and to contribute to the organization. Let's talk about membership for a minute. This program is heard by many people who are not members of the American Council of the Blind and many people who aren't members of any blindness consumer and advocacy group. Why should someone join an organization of blindness-related advocacy and consumer activities? Well, I've been an advocate for 35 years. And the reality is, and especially in this day and age, the political leaders whether it be on the local level, the state level, the national level, they pay attention to numbers. Joining the American Council of the Blind gives you 20,000 other persons who also believe in grassroots democracy. They believe in things such as accessible pedestrian signals and accessible voting machines, audio description, advocating for truly individualized rehabilitation programs, not one-size-fits-all, regardless of your level of vision or your skill level. This organization truly cares about the individual and individual needs. And while we in ACB really do concern ourselves with individual freedom and the individual's right to believe as they do, it also gives 
everyone a forum to be part of an organization that does believe in certain core values, believes in the kind of rehabilitation that I've talked about, believes in accessibility to the built environment. There isn't enough money in the world for everyone to get top-notch rehabilitation services. There's just not going to be enough money to do that. And so we support those ideas, those methods, those uh, accessibility modifications which allow people at whatever skill level of blindness and visual impairment to function independently in society. This organization allows you to be an individual but also to work as a community to uh, advocate for uh, access and for our right to participate fully in society. The July edition of ACB Reports featured the white paper on rehabilitation. Where does that paper uh, need to go, and has that paper already begun to make a difference anywhere? We had a meeting of the task force during the convention, and I know that uh, it has already been circulated among the rehabilitation leadership in the state of Florida, and apparently it may well be adopted as the policy of that state. Beyond that, it is being circulated. We circulated it during the convention. We held a, uh, a meeting of our members who are part of the various state rehabilitation councils, and those are the folks who sit on uh, these councils that oversee generic rehabilitation within the various states. I think the document has been very well received. We are beginning to talk about the National Council of State Agencies for the Blind. Their annual meeting is going to be in San Antonio. We are looking at applying to be part of a panel presentation where the white paper is presented, discussed, and publicized to the folks from NCSAB, all of whom are directors of the state agencies and or their deputy directors. What we want to do with an ACB is to get this white paper widely disseminated throughout the country, throughout the rehabilitation community, and begin to talk about our alternative to the current trend in rehabilitation, which is basically, this is how blind people should be rehabilitated. This is the one true rehabilitation technique or series of techniques. We don't believe in ACB that one size fits all. You know, we talk to the generic agencies about categorical services and treating every specific disability individually. That's what we also believe in so far as uh, rehabilitation of blind and visually impaired folks are concerned. We believe that people should truly be given the choice as to whether they want to use sleep shades. They certainly need to be informed as to the pros and cons, and they need to be informed about uh, all manner of rehabilitation techniques so they can pick and choose. That's our definition of informed choice, and we believe that's how it was intended in the Rehabilitation Act. That's our approach to rehabilitation, and that's what we want to spread 
to the rehabilitation community and all the blind and visually impaired persons who are involved in one way or another with rehabilitation. The other thing that I have seen your name associated with at convention is an annual employment seminar. Are you turning that over to someone else, or what will your involvement with that annual um, meeting be? I am the chair. We have uh, done six of these programs, I think, and we began it actually after an exchange of correspondence in the Braille Forum between a couple of us. It had been tried in ACB before. It began as a task force. It's now a committee. What we have done is to put on a series of workshops each year addressing various aspects of employment, resume writing, interviewing, the issue that's my favorite to get into, and I think this is the third year out of four we've actually had a discussion about whether a blind or visually impaired person should disclose their disability prior to the actual interview. And I'm a disclosure kind of guy, basically because I've been on both sides of the interview table and as a former HR person, I'm one of those who doesn't like surprises. I like to know as much as I can, assuming it's relevant to the job when someone comes in. So we've discussed that, and we will, I hope, continue. I'm looking for a chairperson, probably somebody from the current committee, and then, uh, as with all of the other committees, we will add at least a couple of uh, new members. I've already got uh, one gentleman in mind uh, who has had some really good things to say about employment on a couple of our lists. We actually had some discussion uh, the last few days, something we started in California back in the 80s. We started a low-interest loan fund for folks who needed adaptive technology, and banks at that time wouldn't loan the money for it. We did some seed grant writing back in the 80s, got, uh, I think, about twenty-five dollars or $30,000 to start the fund. We know that the ADA says the employer is supposed to provide the equipment as a reasonable accommodation, and barring that, the rehabilitation agency is supposed to do that. Well, that's how you'd like things to work, but more and more the jobs in this country are coming out of small business. And the small business community, particularly startups, they don't always have ten or $15,000 floating around to provide an accommodation for an otherwise qualified, blind, or visually impaired person. So this is just another possible approach for someone who is looking for employment to utilize to make it a little easier for an employer to hire them or to turn it around to make it a little more difficult for the employer to say no. And we've had some discussion recently about uh, doing something like that through the Employment Issues Committee. For those who don't know, what is your employment? I work for the City of Los Angeles Department on Disability. I've worked for the city for 32-plus years. The last 12, I've been the city's Americans with Disabilities Act compliance officer. So I'm responsible for making sure that all city programs, services, and activities are accessible to persons with disabilities. The first 20 years that I worked for the city, I was in a whole variety of different personnel functions, so I've got an HR background. Is there anything that, that well, you I want to say that we you, haven't said? Yeah, you'd mentioned the connection a couple of minutes ago, Mike, and one of the things that I want to see is to have the connection updated more regularly. We have a growing Hispanic population in this country, and what I'd like to see is for the Washington Connection to become bilingual. 
So if you're listening to this and you're bilingual, step forward. <laughs> That's right. That's another initiative I'm real uh, keen on implementing. Joining President Pomerantz on the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind are newly elected First Vice President Kim Charlson of Massachusetts, Second Vice President Brenda Dillon of Tennessee, Secretary Marlena Lieberg of Seattle, Washington, and Treasurer Mike Godino, re-elected to a second term from New York State. Cami Vludman was also elected to fill the board seat previously held by Second Vice President Brenda Dillon. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. Connecting the blind community around the world, this is ACB Radio.